Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, my name is Jess Phillips, and this is yours sincerely. I've always been a prolific letter writer, both the good and bad kind, and know the power of putting words on paper. So in this podcast, I want to give my guests a chance to celebrate three people that mean the world to them. Someone they love, someone who's no longer around, and someone who doesn't realise how significant a role they've played in their lives. And when we've heard more about each person, they'll reveal how they would sign off each letter. Holly Bourne is a best-selling and critically acclaimed author. Inspired by her work with young people and her own experiences of everyday sexism, Holly is a passionate mental health advocate and a proud feminist. She's written novels including Pretending and the Times bestseller How Do You Like Me Now, as well as young adult novels like The Manifesto on How to Be Interesting and The Places I've Cried in Public. And today I'm excited to talk to her about the letters she would send to three people who mean the world to her. Hello, Holly. How are you? I'm I'm brilliant. Uh, how are you? I mean, I'm all right. Uh, we're all locked up in our houses again after more impending doom. But I'm all right. I can't complain too much. There are people with much worse than me. Yeah, it's a... Uh... Yeah, yeah, it's a. I'm an introvert, so I'm finding lockdown easier than others. But it's, yeah, can't quite believe it's. You like to be an introvert by choice, normally. Um, I know. Also, I thought that it would be over by now, and it seems to be never ending. And one of the scientists said this week or something, they said, like, oh, you know, 18 more months or something. I was like, what? This is getting ridiculous now. So this podcast is all about letter writing. As a writer, I'm assuming you are a very elegant letter writer. Do you write many letters? I think people beg me not to write them, yeah. I think anyone who's ever been close to me has got many a note or a cartoon. I kind of leave them hidden wherever I go. (laughs) So yeah, I love, you know, I think one of the sad things about modern life is nobody knows what each other's handwriting looks like anymore. Yeah. Nobody knows what their handwriting looks like. And also nobody knows the names of their friends, mum and dads because they don't actually have to speak to them anymore. When I was a kid, to speak to your friend, you had to ring their house and you had to be like, oh, hello, Mrs Rosser, can I speak to Helen? And like they would get to know you by your awkward telephone conversations and nobody has to do that anymore. I know, I know. I had to, um, when I was an editor, I had office assistants, like and, um, interns and stuff, and they were terrified of using the phone. And I was like, you didn't have to do what I did back in the day when you had to just randomly talk to people's parents before you could get to the person. <laughs> just that's the only way you could like find out what's happening that night. It's like, hello, Mrs. Keen. Especially like someone 
you fancied, like having to ring the house of the person you fancied and like the gatekeeper of like their older brother or like, oh, the worst. It's the worst. We should make that into the curriculum at school, I think. What, making phone calls? <laughs> yeah, making phone calls? Like, my children don't ever make phone calls, really, and they are terrible on the phone. Like, when I call them, they have not picked up the art of conversation on the telephone. And even worse on these, like, FaceTime-y things, they're just sort of like... I think they think that having a phone call is just you sitting watching them doing whatever they're doing. I'm like, that, that is not fun for me. Talk to me. But they don't. So have you have you got any uh, letters of particular note? We've had letters from the Queen. Wow. Oh, mine's not as fancy as that. The one is, I do have one framed on my bookcase and it, it makes me sound slightly up myself, I have to say. But it is um, the letter that changed my life. It was an email. It was, yeah, when I wrote my first novel, when I was researching how to get books published and researching agents. And I remember I basically kind of internet stalked to hell out of all the literary agents and became obsessed with this one woman called Madeline Milburn. I was like, she has to represent me, otherwise I will like die. And God, to show my age, this is back where you used to send manuscripts to agents through the mail rather through email. <laughs> so I had to go to the post office and send it back. And I remember my dad came with me at the time and I remember saying to him, I'll get a rejection slip in three weeks time and then I'll get over my heartbreak that she won't be my agent and try others. But then, yeah, no, she then emailed two days later and was like, I loved your opening chapters. I want to represent you, like, come to lunch. And it was the best email I've ever got in my life. And it was, you know, my whole life changed from the moment she sent that email. You know, my whole... And so you, you know, have it framed. That's the best <laughs> one. I mean, ones that have come from the Queen or Nelson Mandela, That that is lo- that is lovely that you have that email framed because that's life-changing it was she does you know i call her my fairy godmother all the time she's like i do get paid like from you. <laughs> <laughs> like, like you have helped pay my mortgage like it's, you know, not as much as some of her other clients like you know she represented the you know girl honeymoon who right and an elephant so she's like paid more of my agent's mortgage <laughs> um you know and but like you know i'm like no you you changed my life it was like wanting to be a professional author is like wanting to be an astronaut or a prima ballerina or a footballer. Like it doesn't happen to you. And it certainly didn't happen to girls like me and the upbringing that I had. So I thought, you know, you needed to be at Oxbridge and know the right people. And yeah, and then this email came through and proof that meritocracy can sometimes work. <laughs> and it was... I mean, yeah, it's she- rare. It's, it's <laughs> worth framing when it happens. And yeah, and so I just, yeah, I just have it framed because it was you know, a real pivot point in my life. And she's still my agent and she's still my favorite, you know, she still gets me deals and just makes my dreams come true all the time. And I think she's a bit sometimes taken aback by how intensely I thank her. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I mean, lots of people will like, you know, sometimes I'll help someone get a house. And I understand that that is a, a major thing. Like if you're homeless and you haven't got a house. And, like, people are literally like, I just don't know how to thank you. And I'm like, I was just doing my job. Like, that is my job. And I didn't build you that house or buy you that house. I just fired off a couple of angry emails to various different people at local councils. But people, I I mean, honestly, get people who are, like, so grateful that you think that they might offer you one of their children sort of thing. (laughs) Like, I will give you my liver, yeah, that's it. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, no, no, honestly... 
Just do a leaflet round. <laughs> That's yeah. Just vote in the next election. <laughs> yeah, just go out and vote. Like, don't worry about it. You know, that is really lovely that you have that framed. That is the moment that changes your life. To know when that moment is. Most people don't have that experience of knowing when that moment happens, actually, because usually it's sort of like a gradual life-changing career progression to have a moment that has a piece of paper attached to it that changes your life is that is pretty special so I have asked you to think about three different people you want to sort of celebrate and the first person is somebody just who means the world to you so who would you write a letter to who means the world to you So I struggle to narrow this down because I realised I'm someone who's incapable of having mild emotions about anybody. (laughs) I didn't know that about you until you just started talking about having friends in emails. And now I'm getting that sense. I I think, yeah, basically, if you're in my life, I like bloody adore you and will just yeah, and like I'm half American. I think it's in my culture to just be very gushy, but it is like totally genuine. So I was like, but I love everyone. (laughs) So I have cheated, made a collection of people, which is... You're not um, the first person to cheat. (laughs) And um, This isn't Desert Island Discs, feel free to cheat. (laughs) And it is my Princess Tiger WhatsApp group, which is for WhatsApp group that we have named after my friend's cat, Princess Tiger. And it's a group of my girlfriends that I've known since I was a teenager. I remember there was an episode of Sex and the City once where Sarah Jessica Parker describes her girlfriends as her insides. She's like, they're my insides. And that's how I feel about the Princess Tigers. The magic of being friends with a group of women who have known you since before you started your period. And the fact that we've just maintained a friendship. The friendship has never been complicated. There's never been one bitchy comment about anyone behind their back. It's just a truly magical thing. My God, is that true? Never a bitchy comment behind their back. Literally none. I think there's been times, because obviously you have ups and downs for your teens and your 20s, and we're into, you know, we're quite into our 30s now. I think sometimes we've been concerned about people. So you've had a conversation where somebody's not there, I'm, I'm worried about them, or they need to dump so-and-so, or, you know, or they really need... Yeah, like that sort of stuff. But there's literally never, a hand on my heart, I have never heard any of them bitch about the others and... Um, and unless they're all just bitching about me. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, it's just like pure, genuine, safe, healthy female friendship. And I just think that is, yeah, it's everything. And I'm, I write novels to teenage girls. And one of my kind of series that I'm best known for is this Spinster Club series, which is like about a group of girls who start a feminist campaign group at their school called the Spinster Club. And that was actually inspired by... For Tiger Princesses, because we did one Valentine's Day, none of us could get a date. So we started a spinster club. Um, we made membership cards. <laughs> um, we were only like 16 and we all got like somebody got their nose pierced. And it was just <laughs> like, um, and, you know, so that inspired like one of my most successful series of books. Um, so I owed them. I just love them to bits. I think six is the magic number, Holly. I have a WhatsApp group. It's called Nuff Love because once my friend... Alex, I'm going to shame her. She was like courting a boy via the medium of text. Not a boy, a man. She's nearly 40. And she signed it off, enough love. And we just took the piss out of her mercilessly for trying to speak like a 
teenager and so our whatsapp group is called nuff love and there are six women on that group and i think you where the description of it being the insides it's quite hard and i suppose you've dedicated much of your career to trying to express and write female friendship like that because it's a bit like when I try and describe a dream and it sort of slips away from you. I cannot put into words, I don't think, what those women mean to me. Yeah, it's it's weird. And how much they know you in a way that even like my husband will never know me as well as these women do because, you know, the amount of boyfriends, these girls, we've all seen of each other, you know, whereas like they saw, you know, see me for all my different relationships. I've seen them for different relationships and... It, there's just not something about growing up with someone just gives you this knowingness you know such like a full narrative and yeah we've just all grown up together and just supported each other through so much I was kind of when I was writing notes to this I was thinking of all the things we've held each other through from like horrific losses you know abusive relationships failed marriages jobs where we're wringing each other sobbing on the toilets because we hate our bosses so much you know having becoming mothers or struggling to become mothers or the drunken antics that you know the stories you have about each other when you were 19 years old and were so drunk you've knocked over a eight foot Christmas tree on top of a whole pub and you just like it's just this knowingness as well as this like this solidarity that I think being a woman is really hard and you just come up against lots of stuff that you shouldn't and there's just that getting of it and it is hard I think because women are very groomed to see each other as competitors it's really hard to get friendships where you don't let that edge in but it's when you manage it it is they're just your life rafts and they're there for you. You know, as I said, we've had marriages come and go, but we're still all there. <laughs> you know, it's just it's this, this constant thing. And I think in the pandemic, not being able to see them for so long was just acutely painful, even though we had really high quality Zoom quizzes. If you've got a good WhatsApp group, I have to say my friend Rachel, who is the queen of a Zoom quiz, actually historically went through our WhatsApp and then had a round called Who Said That? And, got, <laughs> <laughs> and it, she was like digging out messages on WhatsApp from that group from like 2017. <laughs> like, and just going, who said that? And it, it, was, it was a very good round. I highly recommend it. Also, they are the funniest, those WhatsApp groups as well. They are like the... Often on a Sunday morning, I think when everybody's maybe a bit hungover or anything, there is just nowhere I want to be other than inside the head of my mates on that WhatsApp group who are just taking the mick out of each other. And it just, yeah, they are the funniest. And you start in the middle of the conversation, that's what you say, is there's no effort because of years of history means you don't have to start at the beginning. I don't have to give you the context. I don't have to explain to you how this particular thing made me feel because you've seen me feel this for 20 years. So just imagine all those other times and you start at the point with... Because sometimes, especially the experiences of being a woman being difficult, sometimes the thing I find the most difficult and tiring is having to explain myself and explain why it's tiring. And I don't ever have to do that with them they understand it immediately they understand the shorthand totally and that's 
that's much better. Yeah, it's amazing. And yeah, I just don't think women, like men, understand just how funny women are, and particularly how funny women are when men aren't watching. Um, I remember these books I loved as a teenager were called Angus Fongs and Full Frontal Snogging by Louise Renison. And she was the first, she was a, such an inspiration to me as an author because she was the first time she wrote female friendship and just like what like mad stuff women get to like away from the male gaze just in their own you know houses and like these you know we've all got quite a surreal like shooting star sense of humor so like when we do meet up it's always like a it, we've never i'm the first person that's explicitly naming that we do this and like it's a bit like but like there is always a secret secret competition our whole friendship over who can bring the strangest prop to a girl's night <laughs> just like and we've never mentioned it we've never mentioned it's a thing but sometimes you know I just remember going to the pub when we were 24 and coming back and there's one of them's just wearing a Bruce Forsyth mask and it's just not mentioned <laughs> or like somebody just gets out like a sequined silver glove and just it's always just like who's gonna it's just it's just yeah they're just hilarious and you know as we've got older we see each other less and when we go out, we see each other, we tend to not go out to the pub as much. We kind of all just like cram into somebody's house. And it's basically just who can, and just like, it's literally like British tapas. Have you ever heard of British tapas where you've got like potato smiley faces and nuggets and like crisps and dip and just all the bad food and Pringles. And we literally just like sit in and just literally just make each other laugh and like eat until we're disgusting and complain about how full we are and then somebody's like and I've got a Viennetta and you're like oh no but yes and it's just yeah they're so funny and it's I think it's interesting how how funny women are away from men and we're like that even when boys are watching but even more so in like these safe spaces um we're just mad Yeah, I think I think we're really, really funny. And actually, female friendships, even though I spent my whole life dedicated to talking about and fighting for things to be better for women and how they're shit for women, I wouldn't swap because of the moments where I'm going to literally wet myself and I can no longer breathe and there's wine coming out of my nose. And, like, you've started to cry because it's just so painful that you're laughing so uncontrollably like just over and it, it they do, it doesn't stack up in the retelling of the joke it wouldn't ever stack up in the retelling of the joke if i were to say because my friend jane had said this it like it wouldn't be funny to anybody else but to me that's like medicine that is like medicine and i wouldn't give it up and maybe men have it too and that's great i hope they do but i don't know about that and i wouldn't change it i wouldn't swap it even though I think women have a shitter deal and get paid less. <laughs> yeah, I know. Sometimes like, oh, but we have female friendship. Like, it's just really, really good. And like, I remember, like, you know, my husband sometimes, he jokes sometimes. He's like, literally, I can hear you greet a friend on the steps. And before she's even come upstairs to the living room, you've shared more and had a deeper connection with each other than I have with my best mate from like over trenches like within how are you oh well blah 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 how are you blah and he's just like that took me 15 years (laughs) to break through and even though we never talk about that one night we said sometimes we're sad to each other (laughs) so you know and there was like envy almost in his voice you know and you're just I'm like yeah it's great 
yeah, it, it's a truly magical thing. And yeah, I just love them, you know, dearly. And it's just very uncomplicated. How would you sign off a letter to them? I've written it here. Thank you for making me laugh, keeping me sane and helping me feel loved and understood for over 20 years. I love you girls beyond words. Yours sincerely, Holly. We occasionally tell each other that we love each other on our WhatsApp group. My friend Amy was clearly quite drunk and did it this week. She's just like, I just love you guys so much. And then we all started saying, yeah, we love you too. And then my friend Ruth, who is like the caustic joker, is just like, what the hell is wrong with you all? Shut up. It was, it was amusing, it was entertaining. And what we like to do as well, if you like, I recommend this. I'm definitely going to do that WhatsApp quiz thing, who said what. But we also, we just make voice notes of each other laughing. <laughs> like when we're not together, it's just literally people like doing a laughing noise. It's just, it, it makes me laugh so much just listening to them laugh. And I've got for prosperity, like every single one of them laughing on my phone. It is truly joyful. So, yeah. It's a brilliant choice and you can definitely have all of the people in your Princess Tiger WhatsApp group. <laughs> so the second letter I asked you to prepare is about somebody who is no longer with us. So who would that be? I didn't know whether to go here with this one because yeah, it was like someone you love, but someone who's no longer with us. And um, it's myself and the woman I was before something very traumatic happened to me in my late 20s and I've always said I would never talk publicly about the explicit details of what happened just because otherwise people will just bring it up at every event you ever do and you're like oh great thanks for talking about my trauma on stage in front of you know but um I think I am at the point where I'm willing to say I went through a very traumatic experience and had quite significant post-traumatic stress disorder that I've had to work really really hard to recover from and in terms of, yeah, thinking about this podcast and sending love out to the world, I always realised lots of the recovery is learning to love and let go of the person that you were before this terrible thing happened to you. Your life does sort of split into two, like before and after. And you just spend so long wanting to get back into that timeline of before. And, you know, it's like a portal you wish you could get through, but I haven't invited time travel yet. So um, it's... Get on with that, Holly. <laughs> yeah. and, and so it's um, it's a grief, like, because I feel like this letter is about grief and love and grief. And it was, yeah, I think you have to, part of the recovery process is grieving, not only, you know, like, go not only processing what happened to you, but having to grieve the loss of the person of who you were before this and um I remember I was writing my latest adult book pretending and it's the woman's very different from me and but she's was you know has been a victim of, of rape and um she finds whenever she dates people and then she starts to reveal to them that she's got trauma they're just like oh no oh no and she kind of gets to the point where she's just so fed up she decides to like catfish men and pretend to be the perfect woman called Gretel which she kind of describes as like the manic pixie girl next door slut with no problems. And, you know, just goes on these dates and pretends to just be, I'm so chill and I'm so cool and nothing bothers me and la 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 la. And, you know, just, and all these men, of course, love her. And she's like, I'm not real. And the book sort of explores that. And as I, I think as I was, and like, who is Gretel? And it's 
when I was writing the book, I think it was, I thought it's, you know, well, it's, you know, men's ridiculous idea of how women should be. And then actually as I was writing it, as I said, it, she's, she's had a different narrative to me and she's, I hope I'm not like her. But I realised that Gretel, for her and maybe for me, was the woman she thought she would be if the trauma hadn't happened to her. And like the woman you would be without male violence, basically, because you would be... Like, they're like, why can't, you know, why can't you be more carefree? And why can't you be more this? And men are like, why can't you be that? And you're like, because of men. Do you think that the world is waking up to that a little bit? I really, really hope so. Um, and that's why, like, I don't want to get Me too... too. I feel tired. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's... You, you, you hope that the conversations are changing and people... I feel like the, just the understanding of trauma and how it shapes you and how it's led... And the understanding that, you know, most women that you see on the street will have multiple layers of trauma just because from the day they hit puberty, if not before, they're being exposed to feeling unsafe and, think, you know, things happening to them that shouldn't be happening to them when they're trying to learn in school and how that... It is a, it's an epidemic. It is an epidemic. And that the thing that I think bothers me the most about what you're describing... We used to do exercises when I used to do training for women's aid. And one of the things that we would talk about is trying to ask people to imagine the world where women didn't have to deal with male violence. Like, and it's almost unimaginable, actually, because we don't even notice a lot of it happening. So conditioned, are we? But like the time that we would have. And my husband, I think, put it best to me when when we were after Sarah Everard's killing, we were talking, you know, the conversation moved on from like, this has happened to me, which is sort of like what happened in the Me Too movement. And it became like, this is what I had to do. I had to think about what clothes I was going to wear before I left the house. I had to spend time and I had to make sure that my friends in my WhatsApp group were all being monitored when they left me. And I had to make sure that I got in a taxi and I had to make sure I went three miles out of my way to walk on a safe street. And I had to do this and I had to do that. And I had to think about how I was going to appear to the world to minimise my risk, I had to do the job of the state because the state won't do it for me. My husband said, I just think, what a waste of your time. And if you'd had that time back from the age of like four years old, if you'd had that time back, he said to me, this is a man who loves animation. He said, you could have used that to make, you know, at least 10 feature length stop frame animation films in the time <laughs> in the time that you have micromanaged your life and had to think you could have made you know chicken run 10 times over, <laughs> like with, with that level of attention to detail that you have been asked it's like what a waste of your time what an enormous waste of your time it is exhausting and um i don't like this narrative they've got about trauma now where it's oh it makes you stronger and all that stuff you know i'm like no it actually makes you weaker you know pdsd messes with your immune system and it you know i have makes to makes you sick literally <laughs> physically <laughs> sick, sick. You do, you yeah. like, feel it in your arms your bones your everything yeah. it makes your back bad it makes your head ache it makes yeah. you ill it can kill you it really can <laughs> and so when people you know when i'm in my journey, you know, people are like, well, you know, make you stronger. I'm like, no, I was f 
fucking stronger when I was 25 and this hadn't happened. And so, yeah, I refute that. And of course, you know, you've got triggers. You know, I have to freaking read what the storyline of anything that I've ever have to consume, you know, because otherwise you can just, you know, fall down a pothole. Like the amount of Edinburgh fringe shows that haven't mentioned, oh, by the way, the guy's going to get his dick out on the stage. And everyone's like, ha, ha, ha. And I'm like, no, now I, you know, that's it. I'm going to basically be in a hole for two days. I mean, that should be illegal. I'm just going to say, like, we're fighting to make cyber flashing illegal, like male comedians in Edinburgh fringe shows getting their penis out Can so put in your pants. <laughs> like that should be a crime like that is technically a crime never mind so it didn't, <laughs> didn't make me stronger but what it has done is just given me huge amounts of empathy i think if you you traumatize yourself you kind of start seeing trauma everywhere and i've been lucky that you know i've been able to access you know help and support to kind of get over it as much as you can and like the thing that I've did is it you know inspired me to kind of reach out to women's aid and I've been working as a youth ambassador now for a couple of years and before the pandemic was going from school to school and educating teenagers about healthy relationships and it's that work has just been amazing and that's why I you know I just have so much respect for you and what you do and it but it's interesting where you talk about all the time you've wasted like when you talk to survivors and like they're all frozen in time like when you talk to women and I've talked to women as they're just like 80, you know, who have their marriages and they're just there. Again, they're, they're still like frozen in that girl they were before. And they're just like, and they just go, the life I've wasted, you know, and it's just, it's such a grief. And yeah, even though I, I don't normally like talking about myself personal life too much I was like I feel like we need to start having this conversation like people to, you know with Sarah Everard and me too I'm like I really need to start talking about just the trauma of these things and just how hard it is to recover and the fact that all these girls and women aren't just scared they're grieving you know they're in grief and shock that they can't be that girl that they were that carefree like we're robbing them of naivety and freedom and not being scared and um trust it's just it's I have a very complicated relationship with the woman I was before this thing occurred learning to love her has been tricky because for so long I've wanted to be her I've been jealous of her like a past version of myself and I think the other thing that like I had to do was forgive her and it was ridiculous because I'm against victim blaming <laughs> and I've had lots of professionals who've been like, it's not your fault and anyone... Of course, but that's a platitude that's easy to say and very much harder to live. It's, yeah, it's, there is part of you that's, you know, I have to forgive the woman I was who trusted people and, and got, got myself, I'm using air quotes here, got myself into this, this situation, but I'm like, but I wasn't traumatized, so I wasn't. And what I hate now is part of my recovery is, you know, not trying to seeing everyone I meet. It's kind of going, are they gonna ruin my life? Like, you know, it, I, it never occurred to me that you'd come across people who'd ruin you <laughs> until that. So I've had to forgive her for it's. Um, yeah, as I said, it's writing to my past self. But I feel like so many women need to write this letter and to even share it. And so I feel like it's one of the things I feel like isn't getting through is just how traumatized we are and what that means and like for yeah the collective health of women because as you said PTSD makes you sick 
we talk about triggers, like it's it's become like the common parlance, but unless you've actually suffered an actual trauma event, for me to be triggered about the traumatic events in my life, it means literally I'm taken back to that place in a second. It's like when you just said you fall through a portal. I can just see the things that I could see when, like, so recently when David Amos was killed, when I was told about it on the telephone, I was stood in the middle of a park, but as far as I was concerned, I was sat in a room and my friend Ruth was next to me and it was I was being told that Joe Cox had been killed. But I was like, you know, it, when these people say triggered, like, you know, like oh, to mean I don't like you talking about things, which is not the same... I literally fall down a portal into another room. I'm in a different room then. And I can get rid of it because, like you say, I do, I've do. i done lots of things to get over the various traumatic things that have happened to me. But it is like literally like falling down. And that trap could be anywhere in your life. At any moment, that trap <laughs> could be opened up. And so now, instead of like worrying about what I'm going to wear or whether someone's going to try and drag me into their car, now I'm looking out for the bloody trap as well. I'm I know, like, you do. I'm wasting my time. I'm wasting Again, my time. It's more time. As I said, I'm having to, you know, check the pot of things or, you know, make sure that yeah. somebody's randomly not going to get naked. Like, it's it's exhausting. And the other thing with being triggered is it's like you... It is a physiological response because your memory hasn't... You know, I've been told your memory lodges differently if it's trauma and basically it's like treading on a piece of glass. You know, so your body's acting like it happens again. And, like, so you've got the adrenaline flood and stuff. And the other thing, so you've not just got the moment of falling through the trap bowl... I don't know if it's with you, but if I'm triggered, it's like I give myself flu for about three days. It's like it's you feel like you've got flu because the exhaust your body has like gone to fight again, even though the threat isn't there. And it's you're just got you're spent. And so you're literally just like, oh, now I can't get out of bed for three days because it does make you ill. It just makes you ill more so than any other physical thing in my life. Trauma is the thing that has made me sick, like fit, like vomit, sick illness, can't move my limbs. And, you know, and unfortunately, because women are have, you know, apart from soldiers, the example always being soldiers, because it's largely been a sort of disease of womankind for it, the eternity it's sort of not really very well understood actually <laughs> and is considered that we're being hysterical and like swooning she wasn't swooning she was collapsing because she survived something you know that it's like you know, she wasn't swooning in a lift at the sight of a man she was falling over because she was remembering something awful i do think that we are getting more trauma informed in in understanding but still so far to go so far. i see people like talking about like i don't know women being arrested or something and then behaving in a certain way when they're detained and i'm just like what did you expect do you know like what did you expect them to behave like of course don't be so reductive and i, I still see that like i see a doctor's surgery last week saying to me of a 19 year old child abuse victim well she doesn't engage very easily and I just thought you gave her the most basic element of trying she was quite rude to me and I was just like oh yeah no shit (laughs) yeah of course she is yeah it's um yeah many things I fight for but for more you know trauma-informed understanding from education to criminality to you know especially in terms of the impact on girls and sort of the epidemic of violence you know because I go into schools a lot and you know 
these girls as young as 11 and 12 are telling me about them being catcalled you know they're legally children and you know and just like they can't get to a place of education about feeling unsafe and you're just like what's that this is 11 you're 11 years old and they're coming up to me and going oh holly 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 yeah like i got followed yesterday we all got followed by this guy and it's like these grown men following children like just because they're dressed it's just oh it, it just it terrifies me but the one benefit of this thing i really wish that I'd, ne- I'd never had to go through is it's lit a fire and i never and to fight and I never feel better than when I'm with other people who work in this field. It's just, it's a bit like my professional tiger princess group. <laughs> like, you know, at women's aid meetings or, you know, when I'm working with them. It's just, again, it's that you don't have to explain everything. People who are informed, like, have educated and understand abuse and rape and sexual trauma. It's, again, it's like that friendship you Like, I don't have to explain why something's a red flag or you know they just they get it and they're as angry as me and they're just these like they get stuff done I'm just never more inspired than when I and with people who work for women's refugees I'm like they just get it done it's just like it's incredible what they achieve on so little imagine your disappointment of going from working in that environment to working in Westminster (laughs) (laughs) could not cope honestly i do not know how i went from a place where we just got shit done we would go like oh we think this is a good idea should we try and do this and then we'd find a way to do it to being in a place where nobody got it uh, it was mainly made up of men and when you wanted to do something you had a five-year window to convince somebody to do it <laughs> sometimes i think i'm going slowly but surely completely insane it's like being gaslit on a global level i am so glad you know you exist and every woman i know it's like Jess Phillips. Like when I told people I was coming on this podcast, like my friends were just like, you have to tell her that we love her. Like she's just like, it's just, we're so grateful because it's just like, oh, I could never be a politician. Like the bit she, it makes me feel physically ill. Um, like, <laughs> me too sometimes. It's just like, also, because I'm an author, like, you know, you get to create your own universe and you're completely in charge of it. Like it's like the thought of even, like I had to co-write a novel once and I almost had nervous. It's just like, because I was like, what? I can't just completely decide what happens now in this book. Like, I can't cope. So, hats off to those of you who, because it is how to get change. It really is. It is, but sometimes you just think there's got to be a better bloody way than this. Um, So, how would you sign off the letter to yourself? I'm going to try and read this without crying. Here we go. Oh, God, don't cry. So, I love you and I let go of you. I forgive you for everything you're about to go through, even though none of it is your fault. I promise you it isn't your fault. And I also promise to fight for you and for all the other women out there facing what you're about to face. I will fight to protect them, to keep them free and naive and believing the best in people. I will fight for a world where there is no before and after for these girls. Please enjoy every second of this life you have before the next thing that's about to happen. Yours sincerely, Holly. Oh, Holly. No, it's important to say it is important because actually the the hardest thing I see and come across every day is people who can't forgive themselves, actually. That's it's it's a horrible 
And it doesn't matter that I say, do you know what, I think you're a brilliant mum or I think you did the right thing. It doesn't matter because they think, well, she has to say that, doesn't she, because she's not an arse. If I had a magic wand, it's not even taking away the thing that happened. It would be to take away people's sense of guilt and shame about it because it's just it's just really really hard so it's you know incredibly powerful that you can forgive yourself thank you it matters it really really matters it is the thing i see the most that is and especially when there are children involved where people cannot and actually as a state we we behave really really badly in that regard like you didn't keep your children safe you are the person who is responsible for this and so like we 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 sort of join in with that really dreadfully and so yeah allowing people to forgive themselves is really 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 important there are some people i work with day in day out who shouldn't forgive themselves yet they do Come so easily to some. <laughs> yeah, it's just like people are just letting themselves off the hook, left, right, and centre. Stop letting yourself off the hook. Get back on the hook for a little bit longer. It's like I'm in this shame and guilt spiral for something that has nothing to do with me. Like, yeah, and, and you are just walking through life as if you've never done anything wrong. No <laughs> self awareness. I know it's um, I, I, yeah, I swear, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you said it. <laughs> yep. We'll be back for Holly's final letter after a short break. In the meantime, why not check out another podcast from the team behind yours sincerely. Millions of people have lost weight with personalised plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Right, so your final letter would be to somebody who doesn't know the effect that they've had on your life. Okay, so I went quite deep for the last one. So we're back in the shallow end, but I still really... (laughs) It's a swimming pool. Keanu Reeves. Oh my God, this is an amazing choice. (laughs) I've got my notes here. Most of the page is just in giant capitals. I loved him first. (laughs) Because I'm getting quite frustrated with all these later doctors to the cult of Keanu that's happened in the last five years. And I'm like, no, 
Do you know how many times I have seen the film Point Break? I've watched it projected onto a cliffside. I have seen the film Point Break. I'm going to be so bold, 500 times. I've watched it twice in the last two weeks. <laughs> yeah, I had a lockdown movie night and we had to choice and I chose Point Break. Then like had the just pleasure of introducing some people to it for the first time. And I'm just like, this is the most sexual thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I'm just like, enjoy. This is my gift. This is my gift to you. Oh my God. It is literally one of my best friends, Marcella. Her kid is called Bodhi. After the Patrick Swayze character. Oh she named her child after a character in Point Break. Such is our love for the film Point, Point Break. Break. It's so good. Directed by a woman as well. Which, Absolutely. Uh, which, like, first action film directed by women. It's just brilliant. And it's just like, it says so much about like toxic masculinity. And it's just <laughs> like, they're just, it's, a br- it's just a brilliant film. And this is like, I've had to, again, as somebody who has truly loved him since I was 12, rather than these newcomers who are like posting memes about him, I'm like, guys, you weren't there in the dog star years when he was getting piss thrown at him at Glastonbury. So I've had to defend my, my love and lots of people attack his acting. And I'm just like, he cannot be that bad an actor if you look at how many amazing life-changing world-changing films he has been in like his like backlist is just like point break one of the best action films ever made directed by women bill and ted's excellent adventure it's just like <laughs> literally top 10 best films of all time <laughs> like me and my husband's like motto for our marriage comes from bill and ted which is be excellent to each other like i truly like believe that films have like deep philosophical philosophical significance we had it on our wedding did you see the new one we did i loved the new one i loved it i loved it they had daughters and they'd raised them and it was just wonderful (laughs) i loved it and anyone who slagged it off was like you don't understand that was just pure joy and i put that i loved it on twitter and alex winter got back to me i literally i was like it's 1995 i'm sat around with my girlfriends around a campfire at glastonbury and I'm in love with Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves. I cannot believe this is happening. This is the greatest day of my life. That is, yeah, I'm really, really, really jealous. Oh, I'm going to make it worse, I'm afraid. Have you actually met him? I've met Keanu Reeves. Well, because I had this, was it, because this is one of the things where I was just trying to think, I was like, he actually has only brought joy to my life. You remember the day after Brexit? He came two days after Brexit, and I remember that was one of the, like, the t- two worst days of my life. Not, not only because I wanted to stay in the EU and felt, you know, just robbed and so sad. It was the first time I was like, this country is... We're just split. Such an aggressive, powerful, almost 50-50 split. And I just, it was so painful. And everyone was on Twitter just letting out everything. And it was the gloating from one side and then like the anger and rage. And I think I was definitely saying stuff about people who voted to leave that I didn't mean. And then Keanu Reeves just walks into the House of Commons. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody knew why. I still, to this day, don't know why he was there, but he was stood in um, Portcullis House and there was just like a crowd of people, so I walked over and he was with Ed Vasey. I don't know why. And I genuinely did not style it out at all. I just was like, oh, my God, you're Keanu Reeves. Like, I didn't know how to behave and I didn't ask him any questions about why he was there. 
but like he said hello to me and I said hello back but I definitely did not lean into the moment I don't this is my thing I'm so scared of ever meeting him the closest I came was this woman who wanted to buy the rights to one of my books kind of took me out to Claridge's to kind of tell me you know I find film and tv world really hard because they're very overly complimentary and I'm a trained journalist so I'm like no just I can't like I imagine need... going from politics to publishing I'm literally <laughs> like Jesus Christ I don't need flowers every time <laughs> no, so... <laughs> and like tv and films like even more for just like you're a genius you're <laughs> incredible and like blah, blah blah and so she was like trying to wine and dine me to give me like so I'd give her the rights to my book and then she did say I read I saw online that you're a Keanu fan and I was like <gasps> I mean fan is a uh undermines the, the true love we share <laughs> and she was like just to let you know like my sister's best friends with him like if you come with me next time he's like in london we should all totally grab a drink i've never signed a contract faster <laughs> <laughs> has she not delivered on this she never has no i had many a spiral about what to do if i met him because a i was in a significant long-term relationship <laughs> didn't really want to cheat on the person like my now husband but I was also like but this is the love of my life <laughs> and like my husband would be absolutely fine really <laughs> I feel very confident in saying that my husband would judge me more for not having an affair with Keanu Reeves. <laughs> My husband is similarly a huge Keanu Reeves film fan, and he's even very, very keen on, you know, the John Wick years. He loves John Wick. His friends come round every Wednesday and they just watch the John Wick films, you know, and then they go back to the beginning. I, like, don't ever want to meet him. Like, if I ever see him, I would run in the other direction because I'd never want him to not be like, I've just... It's you. It's your, you know, because that's just what I've been imagining since I was 12. (laughs) And I can't, I don't actually, I just want to live in a world where I can hope that Keanu Reeves will fall in love with me the moment we meet. I've had lots of crushes or men that I really admire when I was younger, just been totally ruined since Me Too. Like I was a massive fan of Kevin Spacey and fan of Johnny Depp and just you know and it's like you do just sort of if you kind of like any man who's famous at the moment you're just sort of waiting for the thing to happen and you're like and it's just really interesting so these kind of stories keep coming out about Keanu Reeves but they're like oh he's even greater than we realize like <laughs> like it was like the other week Sandra Bullock was like Oh, he had, I'd never had champagne truffles before. So he just sent them to my house to cheer me up. Like those are his historic skeletons in the closet. Like he just seems to be a safe, powerful man. He's got a vaguely age appropriate girlfriend, you know, which again, like give him a bare minimum medal, but like, wow, you know, he's what in his 60s, 50s now and like, his girlfriend has grey hair, like that shouldn't be revolutionary, but it is. <laughs> he did save me. I'm oh, sorry, I'm going so deep here. But, um, I just can't believe somebody's given me the opportunity and the space to talk about it. <laughs> just, but like, I was so in love with him as a teenager. Like I had a literally like a wall dedicated to him, you know, that obsessive love. That I do feel like he protected me from bad teenage boyfriends because I basically was so uninterested 
in all teenage boys because they weren't Keanu. So I did not have a significant boyfriend until I was 18. So those prime years of, you know, might be being pressured to do things you're not ready for, you know, how awful teenage boys can be. And my friends were just having these awful things happen today. But I was just like at home watching The Matrix and just... Um, and I remember some guy trying to kiss me at a party when I was 15 and me just going, you're not Keanu Reeves. <laughs> he like looks down at himself like, no, I'm like Ben from English, and I'm like, away with you. And <laughs> <laughs> just set the bar so high that like my weird obsessive love actually, yeah, protected me. And like my first significant boyfriend at university was a wonderful man, so I felt like very like he did just was like this protective bubble because I was just like, no, like no, you're like Keanu is is gold standards the bare minimum (laughs) (laughs) gotta be better than Keanu I'm so glad that he's sort of having his second wind I'm so pleased for him that people (laughs) really like him and that he's really nice and that I haven't been proved like horribly wrong yeah I am very pleased I'm delighted that you have picked Keanu Reeves so how would you sign (laughs) off Just like, I love Keanu Reeves so much. Although my son, my elder son, absolutely loves him. At Halloween, like two years ago, dressed up as like latter-day Keanu and sharpied a beard onto his face. (laughs) It's going to take a while to come (laughs) I had to get off with like Vaseline and tequila. (laughs) I love that. Oh my God. Very amusing. (laughs) And it's a great anecdote. But at the time I thought I'm going to take all of his skin off. But uh, yeah, so that's my my only, the downside of latter-day Keanu. So how would you sign off your letter to Keanu Reeves? Thank you for bringing nothing but pure joy into my life. Keanu, you are the one. Just don't tell my husband. Yours sincerely, Holly. (laughs) Oh, your husband must be excellent if the bar is Keanu Reeves. I mean, that's like... Yeah, he's, you know, like, he's up there. He loves him too, you know. He's, you know, as I said, be excellent to each other. Like, I think 80% of our relationship success comes from how often we watch Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure together. Well, Holly, it has been an absolute delight. So you have picked the Princess Tiger WhatsApp group. You have picked your former self and Keanu, former and latter-day Keanu. All the Keanus will take every single Keanu as your choices. And it has been a genuine pleasure um, uh, to, to chat with you. And no doubt it will be very both helpful to some people and also sheer delight of Keanu Reeves for some people. I know, there we go. Finish on a high. (laughs) Something for everyone. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Yours Sincerely with Jess Phillips. If you want to hear more conversations just like this, make sure you follow Yours Sincerely with Jess Phillips on the podcast provider of your choice. And why not write a letter to your friends telling them all about this podcast? And you can also follow us on social media. We're at Jess Phillips Pod. Goodbye. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com.
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 